welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I have the privilege of sharing on week three of, I was going to say love your neighbor, but won't you be my neighbor? I feel a little ripped off because we don't have the theme song today, but that was kind of fun last week. We don't have it. Oh, you guys are going to sing it? That's all we know. (laughs) That's all we know. Um, But I just want to give a little bit of a recap of week one, and that was when we were in the upper room. Who experienced our upper room Sunday? And (laughs) people were like, that was awesome. Can we do that again? I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) It was awesome. It was awesome. But if you were like me, you could hardly breathe in that room. But God really blessed that day, and it was awesome. And Pastor Jake shared, he began to open up this um, series that we're, that we're sharing on, and he just, he just did an awesome job of teaching on love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your mind. And what did he say? He said, who's your neighbor? And what did he say? Everybody is your neighbor. And then week two was last week. Who is here for last week? Awesome. Awesome. And he began to preach on, and and now I give to you a new commandment. And Jesus said, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And then he said, and love your neighbor as I have, that was week one? It's okay. But as I have loved you. But then he began to share the story of the Last Supper of Judas betraying Jesus and how in that moment at the table, and he did a really, I've never heard anyone just share that story at the table. Did you feel like you might have been sitting there at that table with them? He just has such a gift and ability to bring stories to life. But how Jesus wasn't quick to announce to the whole table that Judas was betraying him and, and that we shouldn't be like that either. We shouldn't be quick to bring to light the sins and the faults of other people, but that love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Um, And then something else I wanted to share was that church is a place of wholeness. Amen. It's a place where we get to come together as the body of Christ each and every Sunday to become more and more like Jesus. It's a place where iron sharpens iron. And together, as we serve together, as we serve the Lord together, as we serve one another together, God comes in in a beautiful way. And that's part of what we're doing with with house to house. Um, Could we just put that house to house slide up? I just want to share a little bit story this house to house slide. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That was a picture that Jake took this week that was in Priscilla's home. We had the awesome privilege of having pizza with Priscilla. She requested pizza. We said, hey, what can we bring over? She said, I want Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> pizza Hut and nothing but. And uh, we just had a wonderful time together, just, you know, just sharing life, sharing in the grace of life, and just, and just hearing a little bit about Priscilla's story. And we, she shared a little bit about this photo or this picture, and it was a watercolor painting on a little card, five by seven card. And we're like, can we take a picture of that? And I just began to look at this picture, and I thought, huh, that kind of looks like house to house, don't you think? That kind of looks like what God's been talking to all of us about, about coming together gathering at tables and beginning to share in this grace of life. And Priscilla said something really powerful. She was, she was sharing her testimony. She was sharing about this one season where they built this house. And, and I don't want to take away Priscilla from that whole moment because I don't have time to share all of that today, but perhaps we'll have you share a little bit about that in the future. But she said this powerful, she said this powerful statement. She said, you know, Jake and Jen, we said we were going to stay together until we saw Jesus in one another. Wasn't that powerful? 
And I thought, that is what church is supposed to be. We stick together until we see Jesus in one another. Church was not designed to, to, to be a place to make your life funner. And, I be, and I'm afraid that that's what church is starting to become, where if we could just make church funner, if we could just be cooler, if we could just be a little bit louder, and I'm not saying any of that is wrong, okay? I'm not saying fun's wrong. I'm not saying cool's wrong. I'm not saying louder is wrong. But what I'm saying is we have to go a little bit deeper, we have to be looking a little bit deeper into the heart of God to receive from the Spirit of God. That church is not just a place where we want to feel good about ourselves all the time. Someone was sharing with me the other day, and they were talking about encouragement and correction. And I looked at them and said, why do you think correction's wrong? We need that. We need one another to say, hey, what's going on? Hey, look at this. Hey, I love you. And that's part of house to house, that's part of coming together, is that we would begin to build relationships of trust, relationships of where we would get to know one another, uh, not just on a surface level, but I believe even just deep, in, in, and I could say, go as far to say this, on a cellular heart-to-heart level, where we could not just be transparent with one another as Hope City Church, but we could begin to be vulnerable with one another because I know you and I trust you. And I want you to know me and I want you to trust me. See, it's, it's, it's easy to, um, it's one thing to say, I want to get to know you. It's another thing to say, hey, I want you to get to know me. Did you get that? And I think it's really easy to say, and, and maybe, maybe we think, oh, I want to get to know that person. Yeah, but do you want to allow them to get to know you? Do you want them to see the stuff that's in you, that your shortfalls the, the anxieties, the fears, the failures, the things, the unlovely things that we try so hard to hide. But God's saying, no, I want you to come together because I love all of you. And we want to be a church that says, hey, I love all of you because Jesus loves all of you. And I want you to love all of me. I feel like I should sing a John Legend song right now. <laughs> but I would not do that justice. <laughs> But anyway, if we could just bring the lights down for a moment. We do have a special song. And I was just reminded of this song again today before I get into the message. It's called For the One. And it's just, it's a beautiful song. And and I've asked Ryan to turn the lights down that we could really focus on the words of this song and just truly hear by the Spirit of God. Oh, how you love us 
up. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, I'm sticking with you until I see Jesus in you. Look at your other neighbor and say, I need you to stick with me until you see Jesus in me. It's easy to say, maybe, for some of us, but for once you really know the cost of what that is. Yikes. But we need him, you know, and and we're, we're living in a... We're living in a world where I'm becoming more aware of just how upside down the kingdom is from the ways of this world. If you've heard that phrase, phrase the kingdom of God is upside down. The, the, the world would say, take, 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 make everything about you. Find your meaning in looking inside, looking at yourself. Where Jesus would say, given it, the kingdom of God would say, given it shall be given unto you. The kingdom of God would say, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. The kingdom of God would say, out of Psalm 22, 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people and that you will not lack for any good thing, church, if you would just come into the presence of the Lord. 
I'm not negating conversations. I'm not negating counselors. I'm not negating psychologists. Thank God for all of it. But I have had more healing in my life when I just sat at the feet of Jesus. More healing in those moments. More healing in those moments. And not making it about me, but making it all about him. Because church, it is all about Jesus. And we are living in a culture today that is so broken, that is hurting so deeply, that is thinking about things like suicide way more than they should be. Because the enemy is just out for life. He's out for blood. He's out for what he can't get. And that's worship. And he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're afraid. Come to me if you're hurting. Come to me if you're broken. That's why we need to be in church every Sunday. Not once a month, but every Sunday. If you are at home and you are in the city, get to church. One of the best things that my parents ever did for me, and young people, I want you to hear this. I was able to share this with the president of ACOP Church a couple weeks ago. We were filming in his office in Calgary, and he began to ask me about my ACOP roots. And I said, you know, Wes, I can remember just Sundays upon Sundays being at church with my parents. I wasn't on the platform. I think I was probably just coloring or just clapping with Trillian. You know, we had this cool clap that we did. We just thought we were the coolest. (laughs) Clap or like, you know. You know, in the zeal of the Lord, the zeal of God has consumed me. Best days of my life. Being in the presence of the Lord. Parents, just get your kids into the presence of God. Parents, just get your kids under the anointing. Parents, get your, church, get your, get your children into church, into a safe place. Because they don't just need you. They need everybody in this place to help them. It does take a village. I will agree with that statement she made. Well, I will not name her. But Sydney said she was talking about this wonderful Kim and, Kim and Glenn. She, w- she went out for dinner with Kim, and she said, Mom, I need Kim in my life. And I said, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And I'm not arrogant enough as a parent to think that I am the only answer to my children. Our children need one another. They need other people too, but they need one another, and they need consistency in their life. If you can give something to your children, give them the consistency of church. Give them the consistency of the word of God. Root foundations, because when they are old, they will not depart from it. So back to when I was just in that church, just week after week, being in the presence of the Lord didn't just make a little bit of a difference. It made all the difference because when Jesus happens in our families, the right things happen. And if you're believing God for your families, don't give up and do not lose heart because God is working miracles in families this season. Amen. We are hearing testimony after testimony of the goodness of God. So let that encourage you. Let that encourage you not to lose heart and not to give up because the word of God says, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart and you do not give up. So the spirit of God would say to you, mom and dad, mom or dad, if you're a single parent, do not lose heart and do not give up. Not only am I for you, says the spirit of God, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, let's open our Bibles to Luke 22. Say it's a good day. 
It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. It's a good day to be with all of you. And I'm going to read for quite a while, and then we'll get into a few things for a moment. Luke 22, 31 says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan de demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Peter was always ready for something. So excited all the time. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny until you deny three times that you know me. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you, did you lack anything? They said nothing. He said to them, but now let the one who has the money bag take it, and likewise a nap, knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one, for I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors, for what was written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said, it's enough. Verse 39 says, and he came out and went, as his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. Say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Come on. And when he came to that place, he said, pray. Say, pray. That you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed. Say, prayed. God's calling us to prayer. Saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Thank God. And being in agony, he prayed. Say, prayed. There's a lot of prayer happening here. More earnestly, and his sweat became like drops of blood, falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, say, prayer. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. Oh, my goodness. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray. Say, pray that you may not enter into temptation. I've got a little ways to go here. We're going to go to verse 62. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas... One of the 12 was leading them. He, near the, uh, he drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And again, and one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Or cut off his ear. Right ear. Forgive me, I don't have my glasses. Who do you think cut off his ear? Peter. <laughs> of course it was Peter. <laughs> It's just all in. <laughs> Peter's all in. <laughs> but Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. And then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs? Like, this was Jesus. Like, come on. When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour, the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him to the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. You can see something's changing here. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, looking closely at him, say, this also was the man with him, but he denied it, saying, woman, I don't know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour still, another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. 
But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. If you look back in the Gospels, you'll see that Peter, that Jesus spoke to Peter and he said, upon this rock I'll build my church. The rock being Jesus. But if you look up the word Peter, it's actually Petros, which means a piece of that rock. Peter was, a part, was to be a part of the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. And you can see that in the book of Acts. But here, let's go back just for a moment where it's saying in verse 31, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you. Don't you, know, don't you notice it doesn't say Peter, Peter? Did you catch that? Does it say that in your Bible, Simon, Simon? So it's like Jesus is referring to his old nature there. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. He has just dealt with Judas, and now this. Have you thought about that? Oh, my goodness. First, he's dealing with the betrayer, people that he has done life with, people that he has, he has taught, that he has ministered to, that he has shared food with, that he has helped uh, train them for the ministry. So now he's dealing with a betrayer and a potential denier. And what is he saying? He's saying, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And he wasn't even saying, I'm praying for you. He said, Peter, I prayed for you. And don't think for a moment that Jesus was caught unaware. That's why I wanted you all to keep saying pray, to notice how much Jesus was praying. We need to be a people of prayer in the house of the Lord so that when we have things come at us with people, that we are not quick to react, but we are quick to respond. And believe me, I am preaching to myself more than anybody this morning. But that we would be like Jesus and we could, we could look at people and say, I'm praying for you, Matt, that your faith wouldn't fail. So this prayer is, it's, it's a prayer of begging. It's a prayer of beseeching God. And it's almost like you're standing between God and that person on their behalf. It's like the prayer of an intercessor. And there's times in your life that you are going to have to stand in the gap for people and love them. You are going to have to care more about their future. You're going to have to care more about their calling and not care about yourself. Because Jesus said before that in another gospel, Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Jesus knew that Peter was going to be a great foundation to the church. He knew that. That's why he wasn't giving up on him. Yet he knew that Peter was going to deny him, not just once, but three times. How many of you have ever had someone hurt your feelings? Just if you don't put up your hand, just slap, just look at the person next to you and say, I'm watching you. Put your hand up. There's so much, and we don't have enough time to park on the, all of this this morning. There is so much that we need to learn from this and this season to, in this series to love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and our, and our neighbor. Don't, don't just limit that to the neighbor, okay? It's easy to love people from far away, but the up to close, if you've been married for five minutes, you know. <laughs> if you are planted and you are situated in a church, then you know. I tire of people saying the church hurt me. 
No, honey, the church didn't hurt you. Someone hurt you. Because there's people in churches. And if you're one of those people that says the church has hurt you, I just speak the grace of God over your heart and mind and say, may that lie from the enemy be broken today in the name of Jesus. That you would have your heart so guarded and not be able to plant yourself in a church and trust again. Because it's assignment of the enemy, just like Satan is saying, or just like Jesus is saying, behold, Satan has demanded to have you. There's some people here that Satan has just been relentless on. And we have to recognize that. That's why we have to do life together so we know one another. We know what's going on and saying, hey, Sloan, I'm not just for you. But girl, I am with you. I am with your corner. I want to know all of it so I can pray about all of it so that you have people doing life with you, praying for you, so that when Satan is just coming and coming and coming, you would know that even if the whole world was against you, God being for you is greater than all of that. In the name of Jesus, and I declare that what the enemy intended for evil, that God is turning it around for good, that as for you and your house, you will serve the Lord. Come on, guys, celebrate that. I'm praying for you that your faith wouldn't fail. A prayer that doesn't relent, a prayer that doesn't let go. A prayer that, doesn't, that, that causes your heart to be so enlarged that you don't hold other people against themselves. You don't hold people hostage. I think there's emotional hostages that people, people will hold. <laughs> no, let me say it like this. I heard a mother say, she's a good friend of mine, and she said, my daughter's an emotional terrorist. I said, wow. <laughs> wow. This was in Calgary. And I remember walking up the stairs one Sunday, and I saw those two going at it, and I thought, ooh, you're not wrong, actually. Maybe something's there. <laughs> you know, and you're just kind of like tiptoeing around that, you know, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. But we are all that person. But I say in Jesus' name, when we become more like Jesus. And sometimes God won't cause those moments to happen with family. He won't cause those moments to happen with friends, with close ones, in the church. But if we will surrender, God will, God will teach us things through that when we become more like Jesus. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? That's why we need to be in church. Need to be in church and break the cycles that coming to church once a month is being planted in the house of the Lord. As much as we can, let's come together. I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith won't fail. I'm praying for you, Jess Stewart, that your faith won't fail. And that you will be everything that God's called you to be. So if you look at this, he wasn't just saying that his faith wouldn't fail. But it, go on, you got to read the rest. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. He was seeing that moment, but he was seeing afar off. He was seeing past all of that. He was seeing the future he had. He was seeing the calling he had. He was seeing the destiny. And even though Jesus was aware that he was going to deny him three times, he didn't hold it against him. That is crazy. It just blows my mind. I remember the first time I read this scripture, I just cried. I thought, I am not saved. No, really. I thought, oh my goodness. 
I just felt like I was standing at the bottom of a mountain of love, and I thought, Jesus, teach me to be more like you. And if you, if you, if you pray a prayer that says, Jesus, make me more like you, he will. <laughs> he will. But for the sake of time, I want to jump ahead. So Peter did deny him. Jesus was right. Jesus was not wrong. But I want to look at verse 61. So let's jump to 60. It says, but Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the third time, okay? And immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. (sighs) This really caught my attention this week. He wasn't like, I think most of us would be like, I'm picking on you today, Matt. Really? Really? You denied me three times after everything I've done for you. You're going to be a foundation of the church. Really? This is, you're the foundation? You're the hope? You're the hope when the Holy Spirit comes? You'll be part of that hope? Really? No. Jesus turned. Like the table, not holding Judas. That against that, or Judas against what he was going to do. Jesus turned and he looked at Peter. I think with eyes of love. Don't you think? Don't you think with eyes of grace? I'm being so challenged in this this week. Saying, Peter, it's okay. And he didn't even say anything. He just looked. And there was that look within the look. I want that look within the look. That look. I began to research that word look. It's the same Light that caused Paul to be transformed on the road to Damascus. I want that look within the look. But church, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us having the hard conversations. It's going to cost us having to stick together until we see Jesus as one another, in one another. But that's going to be what separates us from other people because it's who we are. It's who we are. And I believe it was that look that caused Peter to change over time. And we don't have time to look at this, but if you go look in the book of Acts, the upper room, we know that. We've been taught really well in the Holy Spirit. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, sign up for Girl 101. Pastor Adrian will be teaching that as well with us. But when the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, may we have the patience and the understanding and the wisdom and the grace not to hold people against themselves as Jesus doesn't hold us against us. Did you get that? With that same grace and mercy, and forgiveness, and long-suffering, and kindness, and the look of love where Jesus is like, hey, don't do that. But it's still with the eyes of grace and the heart of compassion. It has the power to change things. But no, it starts with prayer. Did you hear that? It starts with being men and women, young people, Children, train, train your kids up in this. Starts with praying. Praying us out of ourselves until we become more like Jesus. 
Um, can the ushers hand out? We had some red hearts, and uh, I forgot to do this before. Can we hand out those red hearts to everyone? And don't get distracted with that, but just hold your red heart, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share with you in a moment what that's for. But if you have your Bible, just jump over, or your device, just jump over to Colossians 3 quick. Colossians 3.12 says, put on then as God's chosen one. Say, I'm God's chosen one. Holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. It wasn't a suggestion. So you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on. It's saying that twice now. Put on, which binds together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Say, put on. One of the ways that we can put it on is by prayer. Amen? One of the ways that we can put it on is through worship. And not just singing a song, but our everyday ordinary life, giving that to Jesus. But this word put on, it's like, it's like putting on a garment, okay? And you've probably heard that. It's like putting on a garment. But if you actually go study out this word, it literally means to slip into a garment. And I had to think about that for a few days. I did. So I was like, I don't want to just like blow over this because there's something there. And I heard the Spirit of God say to me, it's because, <laughs> it's because the garment that was made for you was love. And that's what looks best on your church. You know, have, has anyone ever had a tailor-made dress or a tailored-made suit? Anyone? Any proper fancy people in the house? <laughs> Why? It fits better than anything that you have. Thank God for Walmart, but their clothes just don't fit me very well. No, really. Thank God for all the clothing stores. But if I wear, like, it just, I got 28-inch legs. I got a lot of this short stuff happening. And it doesn't fit me well. But when I put something on, I don't, you know, I don't look like a paper, you know, just come out of the, you know, you try and close on and you come out, like, looking like you're a paper doll, you know? And, you know, you ask your husband, hey, how do I look? He's like, good. Great. But the love of God was intended for you. And when, you, when we put it on and when we slip into it, it just envelops us in the right way here and the right way there. And God says, that's what looks best on you, church, is my love. That's what looks best on you is my kindness. That's what looks best on you is my humility. That's what looks best on you is that tender heart, that meekness. And so we have a slide up here with all these words. So you have your heart, hold your heart up. <laughs> Aren't they cute? My mom, my mom and dad did those last night. Aren't they awesome? They're like, we'll do that for you. I'm like, really? You're awesome. Put on, church, compassion. Say compassion. compassion. 
Say kindness. Say humility. Say meekness. Patience. Bearing. Forgiving. Love. Oh my goodness. Who said hallelujah? Someone said hallelujah. And I'll just quickly say compassion. Compassion is usually born out of a lot of pain. If you've ever seen people that walk in a high amount of compassion, I can promise you, you're going to hear a story behind that. They are the ones that are the quickest to run and to help out when someone is hurting and when they are in need. And we all need to be like that. Compassion has eyes to see and ears to hear. It moves one to action. Kindness is so powerful. You can see the kindness of God that, that um, brings repentance. We see that in the word. It's the goodness of God. Kindness literally is so powerful that it causes people to turn like the eyes that Jesus had for Peter. Don't be expecting people to turn either on your timetable. Did you get that? So often I think we want justice in that moment. We need to be people of prayer that will bear with one another. We'll talk about that in a minute. Just keep praying. Just keep praying and allow the Holy Spirit and God to do the work. And don't wear it like a brownie badge. Just humble yourself and just pray. Just stay steadfast and pray. Humility. Humility knows its place. Meekness has the power to do something, like Jesus being on the cross, but it's a power that's surrendered to the will of God. Like, not my will, but yours be done. That's meekness. It's surrendered itself to the timing and plans of God. Patience. Patience is your attitude and character of heart while you're waiting. Bearing. Don't give up on people. Pray for them like Jesus did with Peter. Forgive. Church, hear this. Unforgiveness isn't worth it. It is such a scheme of the enemy to, keep, to steal, kill, and destroy it is too expensive. Unforgiveness will cost you your future. And it will sow stuff into your bloodline that you do not want in the bloodline of your family. Just forgive them and let it go in the name of Jesus. It's designed to destroy. We must put on love. We must pray for people. We must stay in the presence of the Lord. When Jesus happens, church, Jesus happens. So this heart, I want us to look at the slide, and I just want you to take just a quick moment and just write one word up there, or maybe a word that God just puts in your heart. Just write it on the heart. Just write it on your heart. And I want us just to take that home, or maybe keep it in your Bible for this season and being like, yeah, that's something I need to work on. Maybe you need to write all of them down. That's okay. But if it's compassion, can we have the worship team come up? It's compassion. If it's kindness, if it's humility, Humility was a word, I'll just be honest, that God gave me for this season. He said, you got to be humble. And I've been just sitting at home. I was going to bring my prayer bench, but it was so big. And I was like, it was just chunky, clunky to bring to church. But I'm just mostly sitting on my prayer bench at home this season and just praying. Trusting God. That he will do what he said he would do. Do you feel it at your heart? Okay, let's stand up before we go home. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. 
And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.